0: This episode of the RPG Academy podcast is brought to you by Goliath Games and Pressman Toy, who have been entertaining families for generations with classic games such as Rummicube, Mastermind, and Pop the Pig. They are excited to offer a variety of games from Kids and Family, STEM Products, Arts and Crafts, Family Classics, Sporting, and more. For more information about their games, please visit GoliathGames.com or PressmanToy.com. You can also follow them on social media at Pressman Toy or at Goliath Games US to learn more about their products, giveaways, and more. Thank you again to Goliath Games and Pressman Toy for sponsoring this episode, and now, on to the show. Hello, Michael here with a quick note. Uh, This episode was originally recorded on our Twitch channel, which usually that means I'm going to talk about the audio, but I'm not actually going to do that this time. I'm going to talk about the video. This episode, more than any other that we've ever done, is visually focused. Uh, So during the actual episode, when we recorded live on Twitch, Jen kind of walked me through how Roll20 does the things that Roll20 does. So if you watch that episode, which you can do on our YouTube page, you'll be able to follow along with what we're talking about and you can see what I see and it will just probably make a lot more sense. So while I encourage anyone that wants to, to go ahead and listen to this episode, because I I hope that I brought enough uh, color commentary to the discussion that it might be entertaining. And if you already know a lot about Roll20, then you can probably keep up. But if not... I highly encourage anyone to actually go to our YouTube page, which is youtube.com slash the RPG Academy, and watch the episode rather than just listening. Thanks, and now on to the show. Okay, so by this point, hopefully we should be live, so hello and welcome to the RPG Academy Podcast, I am Michael, and tonight we have a live faculty meeting, first time, not ever maybe, but certainly one of those, Um, and with me tonight I have a very special guest co-host, Jen Gagney. Yep. Uh, You probably know her better as Pixelscapes, uh, part of the Nerdiki Network now, moving on up in the world.
1: I've been, I've been uh, uh, sharing some of my videos there, and I play in their D&D game.
0: Well, that counts. So, Yeah. Well, well welcome it's very been nice. much uh, to been great. our show. Thank you for joining us. Uh, yes. So this has been a faculty meeting. The idea here is that Jen and I are going to talk a little bit about role-playing games and that we hope that through this conversation that we might be able to share some of the experiences that we have gleaned from our many years of playing tabletop RPGs. Uh, But we understand that the advice we give and the opinions we share may not work at every table every time. But there is one piece of advice that we do feel is pretty universal. And Jen, what is that one piece of advice? If you're having fun, you're doing it right. That is correct. So no matter what uh, game you play, the system or edition, what rules you use, don't use, or misuse, as long as you're having fun, then you're doing it right. Uh, So today's episode is going to be Faculty Meeting 120. I don't have a cool nifty title. It'll probably be something like Jen shows for all 20. Uh, And this this is sort of a follow up to a recent episode I did with Mike Shea, who you might know as Sly Flourish, where we talked about uh, maps and minis versus theater of the mind and all the various ways that you can use maps and grids and all that kind of good stuff. And then we actually got quite a lot of positive feedback from that episode. But one of the things that came out is that Roll20 kind of does a lot of the things that we, we said that maybe 3D terrain might be too expensive or too t- time consuming. But if you're using Roll20, it kind of does a lot of that work for you. I play games on the internet all the time. but All we use is Google chat or a, a new program. It's basically voice and video. We don't do anything else. Uh, so Jen, you are the expert here. You are here to show us what we can do with Roll20. So I will essentially turn it over to you at this point. Uh, we do have several people who are already joined into the chat. So please, if you have any questions, uh, Jen, can you see the chat?
1: Uh, let's see. Which which chat am I looking at? It's here? going to be Twitch on
0: both yet? Twitch and YouTube. So I can filter it if you want. I can read it. And yeah, then... if you
1: could filter it, that would be good.
0: Okay. Because
1: I'm going to be on my, my own screen here. Perfect. So you, okay. you
0: start showing us things and I'll try to jump in with questions if they're uh, going to go on.
1: Yeah, and definitely ask me your own questions. Like if there's anything you want to know or, or you have a point to make, whatever will help. All right. So um, I use Roll20 for all my games, even the games that I... Oh, so let's back this up. Roll20 is a virtual tabletop. And what, what that means is <laughs> on your screen, you have the tools that you need to run a role-playing game. Um, and when you set up a particular game on roll 20 you decide what system you're going to use so in this case i'm using dungeons dragons fifth edition it comes with a standard character sheet um and so for the demo i have assigned you my husband's character sheet which is bishop kepler
0: is he a wizard of some sort
1: he is a um let's see he's an eldritch knight
0: close enough
1: um but we've reskinned all the magic as if it's gnome powered cybertech implants ah very cool so he is very steampunk. Uh and this is him right here. Oh nice. That's that's my actual husband. That's what he looks like.
0: <laughs> I'm assuming the eye is not, you know, yeah. actual
1: I I love it so terrible. You've got goggles with the ogle because <laughs> you can never have too many lenses in a cyberpunk setting. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um at any rate, so what roll 20 does is it gives you a set of tools you can leverage um, you can use as many or few of the tools that they leverage. Um, like you could use Roll20 just as a display and then continue using real dice and your monster manual in real life. Or, or you can play in person and sit on the couch and display stuff on the TV using Roll20. Or you can get on the other end of the spectrum all the way into it, have like your character sheet in here, run all your monsters from Roll20... Um, you can have dynamic lighting so that like you can't see around the corner until you get around the corner and you still can't see unless you have a light source. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) You can get that deep into it. So um, I'm going to show you uh, your spectrum of options here. uh, And also in terms of like how deep you get into theater of the mind versus, you know, loose maps. I think it was that uh, Mike Shea calls it uh into uh gridded maps like that whole spectrum
0: okay sounds great uh and again anyone who's listening i know there's a bit of a delay but if you have any questions please throw them out i'll relay them to jen where i have time to do so but jen take it away
1: awesome so we are in roll 20. uh now you and i are not using their native video and voice here Um, Partly it's because, of course, we're doing the show. Uh, But the other reason is it hasn't really worked all that well for about a year. I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. uh, On the upside, they have just hired some um, experts in the WebRTC tech that they use for that. And supposedly they're going to be rolling out updates within the next 60 days. Um, In my experience, the video is reliable enough that we try to use it. Uh, But for voice, we end up using either TeamSpeak or Discord. And that has more options anyway, so I'm I'm good with that. Uh, So you see in the interface here on the upper left, there's this toolbar. Um, You probably see different options because you're not a GM. But there's an arrow that says select or move. I have options to pick which layer I'm on. There's like the map layer, the token layer, and then a GM layer that only I can see. Ooh. Um, uh, special effects. You can do, uh, you know, fireballs, for example. Oh, okay. You can, Let's see. Can I make one go off?
0: Yeah, I'm seeing I it, it. But I, I hit a button and we're back to that first screen that just has the four characters. Okay. But I'm seeing a fireball no, that's good. effect. Uh, someone okay. was mentioning that my audio was a little lower to yours, so I had to jump over and try to fix that. So I lowered you instead of raising me, but we should be closer. But again, if anyone listening, if it's still not close, I can adjust it a little bit more. But every time I do that, I I mess Jen up for a second. So I'll just try to talk louder. (laughs) Carry on.
1: (laughs) So uh, you've got zoom options, but you can also control that using the uh, control on the upper right. You see there's a little mini slider bar. And as you slide that up and down, it changes your zoom.
0: Ah, okay. I'm not and seeing you, that reflected in Roll20, though. Like, I see what you're talking about, but I don't see any changes to the screen right now. So I don't know if maybe yeah. I messed something up when I jumped over.
1: Well, you can slide around the window, like, just using the regular Windows controls if you're zoomed in enough.
0: Okay. So I'm doing it now, and I can see it changing. I thought when you were doing okay. it that I would have seen it change. So right. That was my now, fault.
1: each person controls their own view.
0: Ah, see, that's, that's okay. Now I'm with you. Right. I'm, tr- I'm picking up what you're throwing down.
1: Uh, which kind of makes sense because you know, as the GM, I could be like off in the corner grabbing some enemies that are about to come attack you, and you don't want to see me go over there. Uh, and <laughs> or the party could be like split across a map. Uh, there's 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 lots of uh, different
0: or there's there. me that I can't see, so i want I might want to blow it up so I can actually see what's right. happening.
1: Yep. And then there's a ruler tool that lets you measure how big things are. It's good for range finding. You can probably see me using the ruler.
0: Yeah, I see there's like a little bar with a 15 foot or five foot. Right. So see, I assume that you don't pick the measurement. You just drag and it does the measurement as you go.
1: Yeah. So if you if you want to see, secretly there's a grid, but you can't see it right now.
0: Uh, so that's like a the GM layer so it's, thingy. It's,
1: it's snapping to the grid. Uh, similarly, if we grabbed you and like moved you around you'd snap to this this grid that is secretly here.
0: Now, is, isn't that an option? Like when you set up the game, you have the option of snap to grid or right. not?
1: So every time you set up a map, which they call pages, um, as a GM, you can tell it like what units is it doing? using? Uh, how big is it? Um, is it using fog of war? Or is it using dynamic lighting? Uh, uh, does it have a grid? Things like that. Gotcha. Okay then I have some extra controls to like reveal areas. Um, There's the turn order for um, if we were going to run initiative through roll 20, which again, you don't have to do through roll 20, but you can. Uh, And then um, there's a dice roller. And uh, so if I hit D20, you see how my result pops up on the, if you have the chat, Open in yeah L20? it's just
0: just above the chat window I see you're on 17.
1: yes exactly uh, now you know we all love dice exactly so if the if the digital dice aren't fun enough for you you can actually go under the gear icon on the upper right and you can enable 3d dice yeah
0: so now do I need to do that so that people can see what I'm mm-hmm. doing oh, okay yeah so I'm hitting a little grid icon. Uh, then I got some enable 3D dice. All right. I hit that. Right. And then how do I get back to the, without closing everything? Because I have uh, an exit so game. That would be bad. The
1: little the little icons on the upper right, mm-hmm. there's a chat icon. And that's the one you want to go back to from the grid. Oh, actually, you would not only enable 3D dice, I would say automatically roll 3D dice. It's the, another checkbox right next to it. Got it. Because otherwise, you have to drag to roll the dice.
0: All right, so I rolled, that- but I think I don't think it was visible because my screen was in front of it. So let me do that again. There we go. All right, I rolled a five. This sucks.
1: Yep. There you go. I'm,
0: I'm Matt Parody for the moment. Knows so- he may know he did Matt roll twenty dice. Hates Matt Parody.
1: Oh. So you notice that our our the color of our die matches the little square next to our name.
0: Yeah, okay. So
1: you, you know who's rolling what.
0: Ah, I got you. So the square at the That's bottom off. where it has our pictures, which mine is a I don't know what that is, but you're you have a nice picture. Right.
1: You can turn those pictures off so it takes up less real estate if you want. Okay. Uh it's another thing under the gear, under okay. settings. Uh see it says chat avatars, player video avatar size. You can change it to names only.
0: Uh how far down is that?
1: About halfway down.
0: Okay, I got regular small names only. There we go. Right.
1: There you go. Okay. Okay. Just gives a little extra room. Cool. So uh, let's see. So we could run our whole game if we wanted, just using this as like our Theater of the Mind desktop, if you will. And then The only, and you just have your character portraits up here, right? And uh, you could just use this as a shared interface and use the video. But it's a little more fun if you have other options here. Uh, So, for example, you see these green bars over the characters. Yes. And that tracks their hit points. In this case, I've set up these tokens so that the green bar equals hit points. Okay. Okay. Uh, and that's hooked up to the digital character sheets. So, for example, on left here.
0: Let me so jump in just quickly. Uh, sure. Craig Campbell wanted to ask, th- does Roll20 support dice as well as cards? Like if we're playing Savage Worlds, can we use it to do the card-based initiative and stuff?
1: Uh, there's a way to do card decks in Roll20. Uh, I haven't used it much. But there is a deck function. Um, Like here's a card deck I just threw down in the corner.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, It's a generic card deck, but you can shuffle and deal. So I would imagine that I haven't played in the Savage Worlds version on Roll20, but uh, anything that they've implemented, people have figured out how to implement,
0: essentially. So yes, but we're not exactly sure how.
1: I would bet the answer is yes because there's a lot of (laughs) Savage Worlds on Roll Twenty.
0: All right, so sorry to interrupt, but please continue.
1: No, no, no! Interrupt as much as you want to. I I love (laughs) questions.
0: You're gonna regret that later.
1: (laughs) So, uh, um, so for example, uh, Wembley here, right? Yep. Uh, Indiana Jones. So this bar is his hit points.
0: Indiana gnomes.
1: (laughs) Yeah. uh miniana room? jones miniana, yeah. There you, okay yeah now i'm with you yeah he's an archaeologist uh rogue so he has 27 hit points so if he got lost let's say seven hit points okay i could just retype his hit points as 20 or if you don't want to do the math and this is the major upshot of roll 20 it does math for you i could just type minus seven in his hit points and it knocks it down and so you can see that he's injured
0: uh, For yeah. example. So right now it just shows like a space, like it's basically clear. Is there a way right. to put like a red so that it becomes red as it goes across, like in a video game? Um, or not? you
1: don't you don't really have a style option there. Okay. Um, you could code the tokens a little differently, so it's using a red bar instead. Gotcha. But it would still just be the blank spot. Gotcha. You can also apply like condition effects. Maybe he's uh, r- restrained. Maybe he's asleep. Maybe he's busy dying. Yeah. Uh, you could put a red dot on him. And you can do that to anything, even monsters.
0: So, so specifically like in 4th edition where you had a billion different conditions that you could apply to monsters or characters, you could do that.
1: Right. The other thing you can do to mark characters is, uh, for example, you can add an aura to them. Like I just put an aura around Dare.
0: Mm-hmm. I see that.
1: So if you're fighting a bunch of monsters and you want one of them to look different, you want to say this is the caster or this guy looks extra tough or whatever. It's like an easy way to mark them without needing a new graphic. So World 20 gives you a lot of options that way. And uh, let's see. So this is the most basic interface. You have your character sheet which I invite you to go look at. Let's suppose you're using roll 20 okay. and you're going to use the character sheets. Alrighty. Okay.
0: Where would I go to see that?
1: So see on the upper right, you have the little chat icon. Yep. Uh, and then there's this journal, yep. like the folded newspaper. Mm-hmm. If you go in there under characters, you're going to find Bishop. Yep. Okay. Let's let me find Bishop too. So I can really walk you through this. Um, and it gives you a little bio. Um. All these links go to handouts inside Roll20. Uh, But you want to go to the character sheet tab.
0: Okay, I'm there.
1: And then within the character sheet tab, you see how right now you're on the core page? Yes. You also have bio and spells. Okay. Uh, And it's very homebrew friendly. As you can see, his spells are all like gnome tech variants of regular spells. Right. And you can just click a spell to cast it, for example. Basically, you click anything in here, and it'll it'll do the thing. So if you want to roll a save, you go to the saving throw section under core and click the name of the save. Or if you want to roll a dex check, you click the word dexterity.
0: Okay. I just rolled a saving throw. Not mm-hmm. sure how I did because I can't see it, but I'm sure we'll go back to it in a minute. Right. So my my, my first question here is... This functionality is amazing. My concern is how long does it take to get here first?
1: Like how do you get used to it? or how Well, do you well get just it like up? inputting
0: the information. Like, I mean, I fill out a character sheet with a piece, you know, paper and pencil. I can sure. do that. but So, like, how long is it going to take me to go in and do all of this to get it set so,
1: up? So you could do it the hard way, which would be like typing in all the information or copying, pasting it from from your legal text source, which is certainly not an OCR PDF. No. And um, uh, from the OGL, let's say you could do it that way. Or the way they have roll 20 set up is you've got, um, let's say you want to add a spell to your sheet. Okay. Right. So, uh, a level three spell. Okay. Okay. Level two. Bless is level two, right? I don't know. So, Go to his spell tab.
0: Okay. I'm there.
1: And under two, hit the little plus. Okay. And then you see next to the journal icon, there's the compendium, the little I. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And type bless. Okay.
0: Okay. Well, hold on. I think I lost you there. So I clicked the little icon, but I don't see where I am. And there's a
1: search. Then there's a search box.
0: Mm. May just be the way my screens are set up. I don't see the search box, but it's probably there.
1: Hmm. Odd. Let me make sure you have Yeah, you have access. Yeah, you yeah. should have access
0: to it. Yeah, I think it's just behind stuff. Ah, uh, yeah, there it oh. is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Bless. Okay.
1: Okay. Searching. So, you added an you you Under two on your sheet, you hit the plus and it gave you like a little blank form for a spell. Yep. You can drag that bless in there. Okay. And it will automatically add the spell.
0: Ah, I see that.
1: It'll say accepting drop from compendium. And then once it's in there, you can just click the name of the spell and cast it.
0: At what level? Let's go 7 or 6. Ooh, yeah. Very
1: fancy. Very fancy. All right. Okay. Yep. And there's all kinds of other things you can do like to make that little D4 actually get rolled automatically. Um, uh, like, for example, the burning hands. I'm going to click your burning hands here. I'm okay. going to cast it at level 1. And see how it automatically tells you your DC is 13. And the creature takes 12 fire damage in this case. So it just tells you quick.
0: Okay, so outside of spells, but I just put it in, I have a 14 dexterity, and that equals a plus 2, and that plus 2 is, goes on my save and throw and on acrobatics. Right. How does all that work? So,
1: so go back to your core.
0: Okay.
1: And... Um, you put your stats in the little ovals, like just like you do on a paper sheet. Mm-hmm. And it automatically calculates your plus, which is the bigger number on top. Sure. And then it automatically uh, calculates everything else, too. You just check off which ones are your skills. Okay. So change his dexterity to, like, 20. And then you'll see that all the numbers related to dexterity change.
0: Gotcha. Okay, yeah.
1: And similarly, when you level up, you just change your level at the top of this sheet, and the proficiency bonus changes, and all those numbers change.
0: Okay. Now, is this all like free to anyone, or is this something you had to pay for to get access to this?
1: This is this is totally free. Okay. Um, I I have a pro account, which wipes ads off all my games, um, including for my players. Oh, cool. So you guys just inherit that. Nice. Um. But uh, plenty of people play for free. It's great.
0: All right. Very, very
1: You Like, they have a marketplace where you can buy graphics. You don't have to buy their graphics. You can load your own stuff in here. So, in fact, that's what I've done for a lot of this. And, uh, yeah, in that sense, it's it's just really handy. I mean, it has the learning curve, but there's a lot of tutorials out there, too.
0: So free accounts are free. Um, Mm -hmm. If you don't mind us asking, how much do you pay for your pro account? I don't remember.
1: I really don't. Um,
0: That's how they get you. There's
1: there's there's a middle grade also. Okay. I've got the pro account because it lets me run, like, there's a, a really active user community that makes scripts that modify roll 20. So you can do, like, even more powerful things with it, like automatic ammo tracking or uh, pathfinding. or there, There's just so many different things, like timers, just... Just lots of options with this uh, plug-in scripting function. Okay. Uh, But that's really high-level stuff, which we won't be demonstrating today.
0: (laughs) I'll I'll be Googling prices while you're doing the next thing, and then I'll let people know.
1: Okay, sure. So you also have um, – you don't have to go look at it right now, but uh, on the core tab also, uh, I'm just going to go over the different sections. Okay. So in the first column, you have all your stats and your skills. There's a little toggle for whether or not you have inspiration at the top here. And then below that, there's your passive um, passive perception. Uh, you can enter whatever tools and languages you have. Then in the middle column, you get your armor class, um, which you can either enter manually or it gets automatically calculated from your stats and your inventory. Like, it's smart enough to do that. Okay. So if you drag armor into your inventory, it will try to give you the appropriate AC. Um, your bonus to initiative, uh, your speed, your hit points. Um, So you can adjust your hit points here or you can adjust them on your token. Um, I think it's more reliable to adjust it on the token because if you start doing it in both places, I think it might get out of sync. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, And then you can roll hit dice. You can roll death saves. Um, There's uh, all your weapon attacks in the next section. So if you want to shoot the crossbow, you just click crossbow. Um, and for all these dice rolls, by the way, if you hover in chat, like, for example, the the burning hands we just did, it said they take 12 fire damage. So if you hover, you see, oh, that was 3d6, and you got a 2, a 5, and a 5. Uh, similarly, in the roll we did above, that con save, hmm it automatically rolled both a six and a 19 because I set my games to automatically always roll both because then if you have advantage or disadvantage, you it's our the number's already there.
0: Okay. Yeah. I remember by um,
1: default, you would take the first number.
0: Yeah. Right. Um, I know that one of the few times that we did use roll 20 back in the day, uh, that's what we would do is we just put them together and then i mean you can do that math if you roll a a seven and a nine it's both plus five you can look to see which one you take it yeah yeah Yeah. exactly uh so my google foo foo failed me i cannot figure out how much roll 20 costs so if anybody in chat knows please throw it in there i got to the subscription page and told me all about why i should get one but it didn't show how much at least i couldn't find it if it did Uh, i don't know where it is it's not important like i said somebody
1: i'm already in in, so maybe i don't see the page anymore
0: oh yeah that could be it
1: so so let's see then below that you've got your money and your inventory um if you want it to add up the weight of your inventory you can um and then they basically have tried to make sure they lay this out just like the regular character sheet so it's as easy as possible for people then you've got you know your traits, ideals, bonds, and flaws. Um, You can add however many class resources here. In his case, he's got second win and an action surge. Uh, And then there's this character features and traits section. Uh, So you can um, open these up to get details if you want by clicking the title. Or you can output it to, um, to chat if you want, by hitting the little talk icon. Like, if you want to show people, hey, by the way, um, in his case, we've reskinned his second wind as if he's getting, like, a healing potion injected into his body. Uh, okay. so, so, that's what we, uh, and then he, he can show it to the whole group. Um, you can also roll things so that only the GM can see. Okay. Like, if I'm running a monster and I'm rolling, you you guys won't See me rolling. Um, but I will.
0: Can you also? I know you can send private messages to the DM, but can you send private messages to each other as well? Like the yeah. whisper feature?
1: Yeah, it's slash W and then the person's name, like RPG. It
0: might be the RPG. No, I think it is just RPG. Yeah,
1: then. it's, it's, there's a, uh, I'm not sure how it works with the space in the person's name, but yeah you can whisper messages to each okay. other through
0: here uh so someone jumped in that it's four ninety nine for the mid tier and nine ninety nine for pro but if you do a year subscription, it looks like you get a little bit of a discount
1: yep and your players can gift you with a subscription
0: oh nice yeah, huh?
1: yeah. give your dm a little love <laughs> so that's the player sheet. um why don't I show you a why don't I show you a monster sheet? okay let me give you control of a monster. Oh no you could pretend you're a you could pretend you're a DM
0: Roar. I'm a monster <laughs> <laughs>
1: So you don't have to constantly open and close this sheet and go look it up again. If you double click his name at the very top of the sheet, it sort of minimizes it to a little box
0: oh, I, I somehow I got to edit token Oh, I think I'm on the wrong place.
1: Hmm. Like the very top bar of the character sheet window, essentially. Oh, I was I like, was
0: looking at the token.
1: Oh, okay. If you double click where it says Bishop Kepler on the very top left. Yeah. Then it'll make it like a little grayed out.
0: Yep, I see it.
1: Yeah. Okay. So let's pop open this orc. And because rule 20 is very handy, I can just drag an orc out onto the screen. Just from the side here. So now we have an orc. So if I have a spontaneous encounter, I could say, oh, guess what? Uh, Three orcs show up, right? And they all look the same, that's kind of boring. So I also have an option because I used multi-sided tokens to randomize them.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: So now my orcs all look different. And that's a, a core function to Roll20. If you wanna add multiple images for a token, you can. Um, I've also done that for player tokens. Like they can have like a sort of a powered up form.
0: I got you. Now with those tokens, are these ones that you've purchased from the marketplace or did you input those yourself off of various other places? I
1: put put some in myself um, and others I've bought off the marketplace um, uh, because they clash so wonderfully. I have not added my own tokens to roll 20, but I could do that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yep. All righty. So, The orcs work the same way. Um, You can either open their character sheet from the journal page or for any character, including you, that you control. You can just select the token, and then you see it gets this little box around it. And then if you shift, double-click, it'll automatically open the sheet.
0: Okay, I think I lost you there. Um, Okay. Hold on, those are questions. That's what got me distracted. Sure. Uh, So Habanero wanted to know if it does anything with languages. So like, for example, could you pick Orcish and type in, Hi, my name is Frank, and only if the characters that speak Orcish, it would translate and they would see what they said and everyone else would see gibberish.
1: Um, It doesn't do that by default, but I know there are people using the API script system who have worked on stuff like that. Okay. So, uh, but I haven't implemented anything like it
0: okay all right so back to the character sheet so again i think okay some some of it's me not following directions very well so i see three orcs i see our four characters
1: it's, it's easy for me i'm used to it i've got to make sure i explain <laughs> it in a way other people will understand so okay. it's all good so uh you see how when you click a token that you control yeah I... um it pops up this little uh you know resize handles okay uh, so you can, uh, like if they get knocked out, you can just change their their angle, for example. Uh, so when you're in there and you've got it selected, you can either move it around,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you see, or you can double-click it. You can hold down shift and double-click it, and that automatically opens the character sheet.
0: Okay, Yep. now I got you.
1: So the orc is the same way. It has the bio tab, the character sheet tab, and the attributes and abilities tab. Uh, By the way, that attributes and abilities, that's kind of the nuts and bolts of the system. You don't want to edit that directly. Okay. Everything you want to edit is on the character sheet page. So uh, remember how I said you could manually enter all your spells or you can pull it out of the compendium? Yeah. You can pull monsters out of the compendium too. Okay. Everything that's in the OGL you can get out of the compendium. Um, the downside is that the OGL monsters don't have tokens built in. Okay. But if you buy the monster manual from Roll20, it's all coded already with tokens. Okay. Or you can upload your own tokens like I did and then link them up with monster sheets. Okay. So,
0: so it's it, the, which it's, is, you it's know, the time little... versus money, how much you're willing to spend time versus how much you're willing right. to spend money.
1: Right, and it's a little overhead, but when you think about like how many times I'm gonna have to have an orc, you know, roll an attack, being able to just click it, super handy. Gotcha. So, um, and that tells you, you know, it's your monster man- manual entry, and you can do everything you need to do about the orc.
0: So, if I so, wanted to the orc to roll an attack, I would just click on Great Axe.
1: Sure. There you go. Oh, that's that's the. So see how that six came up red?
0: Uh no, it's probably behind my character sheet in, again. In chat. Let me get back to chat. Okay. Oh, uh, uh yes.
1: So if you hover over, it, you see. Oh, it's because I rolled a one.
0: Ooh okay.
1: So red means you rolled a one, or or whatever the lowest value is. Green means you rolled a twenty, or whatever the highest value is for that particular die. Okay. So if you're not using the digital, the 3D dice, it's another quick indicator of ooh, ooh, I critted. Nice, awesome, yeah. So um, and you can hover over anything to see how it, how it did the math okay. for you. So those are the basics of the character sheet interface. Um, if you have any questions about that, there's also like initiative that you can go through. Um, I can demo that if you want.
0: So, so, does the system do it for you? Like everyone clicks their initiative and then it populates the turn order?
1: Yeah. Once the turn order I, thing is up, you grab your own token so that it knows which token to use, and then you click initiative on your sheet. So, and you can roll it. If you're the GM, you can roll it for you know other people. I'm gonna roll it for this orc.
0: All right, so I'm failing here. So okay. So I clicked on my so, token. Right. Uh, but I you didn't click get to your the... your token. Yep, I didn't get to the and character sheet.
1: in your sheet, which you can get, again, with shift, double click if you need to.
0: So it's bringing up, like, these little circles. Like, I have a 35 in red, a 36 in green. Right. But I'm not so si- getting to the character. That's characters.
1: your movement speed, your hit points, and your AC. Okay. Which is handy to have there, because you can, like, basically run the game without even opening a monster character sheet, if if you, if like, those are the numbers you need the most often, right?
0: Right. Okay.
1: It's also handy for the DM, because then you can be like, oh, this attack hits you, and I know that, because your AC is right here. All
0: right. So I got there eventually. Okay. Uh, so but, I got a 13 on my initiative, but it didn't populate into your turn order. It didn't
1: come in. Uh, you must have dropped the token somehow. But because I'm the GM, I can actually add you. And I can make it 13. So you can add manual things here. So, for example, I can do rounds done. And then my round calculation will be plus one. Right? So now that let's say this is everybody that's in the initiative. Right? Uh, Oh, there you go.
0: People in chat are helping me out because I don't know what I'm doing. There you go. Got it. All
1: right. So these are – so obviously these are out of order. And then you can – Hit the little, or I can hit the little gear and say, okay, I want this in descending order. Right. Yep. So you're first. (laughs) And if you're not sure who's who, you can actually just hover over the turn order and it'll highlight the things taking Ah, turns. Ah, okay. And I think it lets you do that also. Uh,
0: yes, I'm seeing that. So
1: I can say, okay, Bishop, it's your turn.
0: I'm going to stab him in the face. Stab him in the face. Classic. It's 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 the move. Yeah, it is. You know. I actually think that should have been what D and D was called. I want to play. I stab him in the face.
1: There you go. <laughs> How do you want to stab this?
0: Uh, well, it actually looks like I have a like a hand crossbow, according to, So can I just? Yep. Point blank that into someone's eye.
1: You can. It's built into your arm.
0: Nice. Shoot, shoot somebody. Yes, that's what I want to do.
1: Okay tell me which one you're shooting
0: uh i'll hit the orc on the left the one that has the more white background so how do i do that
1: so just click the words hand crossbow
0: uh gotta get to my character sheet uh i see main crossbow bonus crossbow
1: yep He's got a crossbow in both arms. Oh,
0: all right. Well, I'll do main crossbow. He's
1: crossbows all the way down.
0: Alrighty, I all righty. All right.
1: Thirteen to hit, which uh, meets the AC of this orc for seven piercing damage. All right. Nice. So then I take off that, and then um, let's see. oh I have a little API script that is supposed to show a little red dot on anything that's been bloodied, like and... it's half down. Yep. Um, but I don't, I don't have it. it I don't have it running right now. I'm super gotcha. sad.
0: So that is one thing I see right away is that you know, from like a metagame standpoint, you could see how hurt things are with this Right. This, well, can you hide that if you want? See,
1: you can see it because I gave you control of the orcs.
0: Ah, okay, okay.
1: But if you're a player or I whip out something you don't control, like uh, an Orox. Okay. Like they have an Orox with them, right? Yep. You can't see his hit points, right? Right. There you go. Oh,
0: so you can. So as the GM, you can kind of birds eye right. view
1: where mm-hmm. everybody's
0: at. Okay, that makes sense.
1: Right. I can also, like, make things invisible and just move them around. You don't know where they are, but I do. <laughs> oh, nice. You can do all kinds of stuff like that. So then uh, the initiative, or, the turn order, I can just cycle through the turn order. And then notice I get to rounds done, and it counts it. Okay. And cycle through. There's round two, etc. You can also use... Um, auto calculating entries like this spell lasts nine rounds or this effect lasts five rounds. You can, you can add stuff like that. So it's handy.
0: Yeah, I can see that.
1: Okay. So I'm going to close the turn order. Um, We've gone over some of the basic functions of roll 20, just so you, you know that once you get used to it, that having your, your character sheet there is really handy. Sure. You don't have to do the math. Um, um, Now, remember, you could still be using this interface but be using a paper character sheet
0: mm-hmm.
1: or be or or your players could be using the digital character sheets but you're still using the monster manual or you're running some homebrew monster and making it up as you go along or you adjust the hit points no one does or, that no no, one, no 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 one ever by ever, the
0: no, rules by the yes, book
1: yes Nobody ever balances an encounter (laughs) on the fly to make it more fun. You can do that in rule 22. That's my point. Not that anyone would dream of ever doing such a thing. No, Blasphemy. Right. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. Uh, So I used this screen as an example of just a really minimal theater of the mind. You could run your whole campaign theater to the mind just from this screen. Okay. Right? Yep. If you wanted to. You could even use it as a loose map. Like you could say, okay, uh, Bishop's fighting two orcs. This one runs over to Aleph. And uh, Dare, what do you want to do? And she says she wants to go help Bishop, right? So that doesn't have to be their literal positions. Yeah. It's just sort of where we're... And you still give your evocative theater of the mind description, you know? Uh, so this would qualify as the loose map mm-hmm. idea. Or you could use the drawing tool... In Roll20, be like, yeah, here's the road. And there's some bushes, okay? And here's a here's a, a dead guy
0: in the road, okay?
1: <laughs> you know, like, you could do stuff like that, too, if you wanted.
0: So if you want to draw quick, phallic-looking maps, you can with Roll20. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's a thing that happens sometimes. Yep.
0: Always, actually, yeah. <laughs> More often yeah. than not, I should say.
1: Yep. So uh, if, if you find one of your players can't resist drawing uh, on the map you can like banish them to another page. (laughs) So you can split the party across multiple pages. Uh, So speaking of pages, let me show you a new page. Okay. So now I'm going to show you the different options for visuals in Roll20. Okay. Um, I've shown you that you can have different tokens and different types of tokens for the same monster and all that good stuff. So here is a fancier theater of the mind setup. And you may have to zoom out so you can see this a little better. So this is something I bought off the Roll20 Marketplace because it was pretty.
0: Okay. I see it now. Okay.
1: So um, here I have, like, bigger versions of the character tokens. So I'm using them more like portraits, and they're just sitting off to the side. So their position is not important. Right. And then um, for this... uh, you know, fancy backdrop, I can say like you've got the sun up or maybe it's like sunset or maybe it's it's nighttime. So you can see how the wheel is moving. Right, yes. You know, so you've got options. And uh, again, you could just use this and just do descriptions for everything. Or you could use this and also say, you know, and you're talking to King Melindrock. Here he is, right? Yep. Um, or you can, uh, let's see. Or you can, again, set up impromptu encounters just using this sort of staging area, like a loose map, to show who's engaged with what. So, so couple, you can see couple. how many enemies
0: there are. Okay, so sorry, a sorry, couple questions. So like sure. when we were on the last screen, you were able to bring in the orcs, and then you obviously you made three of click, and then you grabbed the other creature. Did you have those ready? Like, or, or like, like, are your minis set aside? Or did you just grab that from the OGL? I,
1: I literally grabbed it from my journal tab. Like, uh, let's have a... I have Gromsh here and a uh, Red Fang because I also bought Volo's Guide and uh, another ROX And uh, how about a Silver Dragon? Let's be really weird. And let's all have a big fight.
0: Now it's a party.
1: Yeah, and so you can have like a completely unplanned encounter um, if you've got your monsters ready.
0: Okay. So, so what do you, you mean by you can, what do you mean by ready? As far as like just having the tokens attached.
1: Like if you've got them in your journal. Okay. Or you've got the monster manual purchased, or you know you can either get it from purchased assets, you can build them using the OGL. Or you can manually add information. Okay.
0: So so So, once you've done it once, like you have five campaigns, I make orcs once, I always have orcs?
1: um, What you have in any given campaign depends on what you've imported there. Okay. Um, One upshot of a pro account, and this is actually the main reason I have a pro account, is that you can copy stuff from one campaign to another. Okay. So what I have is I have a workshop campaign. And that's where I keep the master untainted untouched no combat has happened everything is covered up by fog of war versions of all my maps for example
0: okay uh
1: i have you know like a forest path i have a, a ship i have like all the things that i imagine i might need um and then um and you can set up encounters there ahead of time if you want also um and i also have copies of all my monsters and everything okay so I if I'm starting a new campaign, I can copy my workshop to become the new campaign. Or with the pro subscription, you can copy stuff back and forth. Okay. So I could build it in my workshop and then deploy it to the three games I'm running. Got it. For example. Or if they go to revisit a place that I didn't think they'd go back to.
0: Because that never uh, happens.
1: Yeah, that never happens. I can either pull it out of the archive in their campaign or I can pull it out of my workshop okay. if I need a fresh copy. Gotcha. Um, but let's say they left the village in flames, right?
0: Because that never happens. Because uh, that never <laughs> happens.
1: You 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 can pull your local copy of the map, which would probably still have fire all over it. So.
0: <laughs> nice. Now, that's one of the things that I did just briefly used back again, back in the day when we started using Roll20 was just for like sort of ambiance. Like I would have a picture of a swamp that mm-hmm. I would just throw up the picture rather than trying to describe ah. the swamp. I'd be like, here's the so swamp.
1: Here's where we get to and I'm going to take you to the next page, which is the same theater of the mind, but with a picture for ambiance. Ah, there we go. So you see, this is like a creepy forest with the ancient ruined and etched stones. Um, And another handy trick is if you hit, if you're the GM and you select something and you hit shift Z. Okay. It'll pop it up to show the players larger. Okay. And then they can just click away.
0: So question for you. Yep. Is it possible to do something here like with layers where there's two Mm -hmm. versions of this picture, but one of them has like a ghostly image of a lady And so you have it then like, oh, wow, there's a ghost.
1: Yeah, let's let's do that. Where's my. uh, Where is she? Saharal. I have Lady Saharal from Saharal Guard. And here she is. So I didn't know we were doing a ghost encounter until just now. But there she is. (gasps) Ah. Right. So having resources handy is very convenient. Yes. And here she is, the ghostly image of Lady Saharal. What's up? Yeah,
0: exactly. Stab her in the face. I put her up there.
1: (laughs) So um, you can also stack things here. So if you have, like, a series of scenes, you know you're probably going to want to show them in a night. Like, there's the ghostly forest, and here's an orc encampment and here's the beautiful port city that you just visited and just like any theater of the mind game you can still give your description and um but then this can sort of help give you a little more to set the scene more visual
0: so uh, back to my other question is where do all these images come from did you go search the web and I, find them
1: i took them off the web
0: okay then. and this i'd is... like
1: to think that they're fair use because i'm educating people right now
0: <laughs> well i think in your home game they should be i don't i don't exactly know right. how it works with us I but wouldn't,
1: i wouldn't i wouldn't uh i wouldn't do this for a uh, public game unless there are things you there's lots of things you can buy uh, off roll 20. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also look for images from the creative commons for example um, you can look for public domain images. Um, remember it doesn't have to just be fantasy art. You can even use like photos of woodland scenes or of ruins or, and a lot of those have been released under, um, creative commons or public domain. Uh, so there are ways to do this
0: legally. Sure. And again, I don't think it's illegal for you to use it in your right. private home game.
1: Yeah, that's personal use. And again, would fall under fair use. Yeah. And what I'm doing right now, I'm educating you, so technically. So let's say you're investigating somebody's desk, right? Got it. Yep. You could use something like this. And it may be, and this is what I love about using photos, uh, that your players pick up on something that they find really interesting but you weren't thinking about, and you can just roll with it. Um, I had a, a map that had this, like, giant green statue in the background, and uh, one of the players took a real interest in this. And so I spun out this whole line of like 100% canon because I'm the DM Yep. about how this was like a giant ancient-looking statue made of adventurine, which is a green crystal that mages use uh, to channel magical energy. And so the character decided that she wanted to steal this giant multi-story statue. As you do. And it turned into like a side plot that triggered a little bit of a disaster. <laughs> but the point is, it's like it wouldn't have happened if we hadn't had the photo right then. so or or they'll use the terrain it, it, it can show them like it gives them a better sense of height but but we'll get to that on one of the next screens okay so yeah i just i have a bunch of different scenes in here just to give you the idea um the cool thing about things like this is that you can also um let's see let me get these to let's see i'm going to move these tokens to the token layer so uh for example uh in this uh you know meeting room scene you can pull in your pcs and your npcs and just it's just like another way of showing them what's going on Mm -hmm. right and then maybe combat breaks out and you use this like a map like you've got you've got a lot of options so you can sort of there's sort of a continuum between showing a scene just to be evocative and sh- turning a scene into something else. So like this is a scene of the theater but it could easily become a fight scene oh, yes. with height, with height as a factor, mm-hmm. right? And there's cover like it, it wouldn't be hard to run. Uh so you get the idea. Yes. So one of the things I like to do, and that's what I'm going to show you on the next scene, uh, the next page, is um, I like using these scenes as maps. Um, so, like I said, for example, here's a shop that they're visiting, right? And um, I've I could just show the shop, or I could get all the people and they could be, you know, wandering through the shop. They could be talking to the shopkeep here. Right. There's a guard. He has stats just in case we need it. Yeah. So, so, uh, that's why I, especially like scenes that kind of give you an isometric view. Mm -hmm. Um, you can also do stacked up. Like I showed you, you could do stacked up maps. Um, and so these are the scenes that I use, like, when they visit Mother Taflorn's in Waterdeep, for example. So here's the outside. Here's the fancy entryway. There's a reception desk. You know, you could just use stuff like that. I don't have a map of the place, but they get the idea.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I see.
1: So, Okay. Uh so then beyond scenes of course you can have like an isometric and or top down map. Uh this is the aftermath of them attacking an orc encampment the other day since I just copied this from my real game. Okay. Uh so you see a whole lot of dead orcs as a result.
0: I um, don't currently.
1: You don't.
0: No. You're I just, not on the
1: forest clearing? I just you, see... might have to, you might have to slide around or zoom in and out. Okay. They're kind of on the lower, lower right. This is a larger ah, map.
0: Okay, there this we go. This is a
1: larger map than the ones I've been showing you.
0: Gotcha. Okay, yeah. Now I right. see a bunch of dead orcs.
1: Yep. And here are the people who did this this terrible thing. Oh, no, those orcs were just trying to get along, you know? This was where my players discovered that orcs get that bonus dash. And we're suitably horrified. It was lovely. <laughs> So, um, then I've got another even larger map here for you. So it's like a village view, which again, you could use for like a larger scare battle or just for them to go shopping or whatever.
0: Now, uh, let's say you buy a module, uh, Storm King's Thunder, Ravenloft. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times those will come with ambient maps or or right. combat maps? Are those all part of the deal that you then have access to?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I've I've bought a few. Um, I could have demoed one of those. What am I thinking? Because <laughs> I do legally, I, I did buy it. Uh, but it wouldn't have had all the examples I wanted. Uh, yes, it comes with the maps already set up. It comes with the monsters already statted with tokens. Like it's got everything you need.
0: Now Is it That's the same it. price as buying the book off the shelf, or is it a different price? Um, do you know.
1: I, I don't remember how they compare. I don't think it's more. I think one of them is. They're they're like twenty to forty dollars.
0: Okay, and again, you.
1: I mean, it does mean you're probably buying it twice, twice. but right. but the if you want to buy just the roll twenty version, all the text is available to the DM um, because they'll give you handouts with all the information, like chapter one, chapter two, um, or like if there's. And I say handout because it can also be a handout that you literally give the players so they can see it. Like, if you go into the journal, you see there's a characters section, but below that there's handouts. Yep. And you should be able to see this bracelet. So there's an image of the bracelet, and then below that, some text.
0: Uh, I see assembly list sections. Cormier oh, you maps. see a bunch of stuff. Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, below the assembly list is bracelet drawing.
0: I have castle mayor tier maps and then corner oh. maps and then corner Well, anyway,
1: breaks. you can open any one of those. I trust,
0: I trust you. Okay. I opened okay. up. A, yeah. yeah. I'm with trust
1: you. me. Trust me. So, so, um, that's another way you can share things with your players. It can be a visual or text or both.
0: Gotcha. And again, you can share that to just certain players. Like if it's a secret note. Or again, if it's written in Orcish and only some people read Orc, you could give them Mm -hmm. the translated version to those people. You can
1: give just those people. Yeah. Gotcha. Exactly. You can have two different versions of the note. Like, here's the note with the secret code. And then after they translate the secret code, you give them access to the, you know, decoded note. Okay. Stuff like that. Or progressively more revealed versions of a map that they actually have in their possession. Or a map that they're drawing. Mm-hmm. So I've uh, you, you get the gist of how you could slide around on a grid here. Yeah. And run a fight. So now we're going to start talking about ambient lighting. So I'm going to drag you to a big black screen.
0: Ooh, scary. Uh,
1: so if you slide around. Oh, wait, I've got to put Bishop on the screen or you won't be able to see anything.
0: I see like a four square altar looking roomy thing. Oh, now it's lit up.
1: Yeah, there he is. Because you you can only see what your character sees.
0: Ha, there we go.
1: So here he is in the middle of this, like, sewer grate. Okay? hmm So in my game, this was the dungeon below Hellgate Keep. So this is all hidden. Um, and I can, like, reveal an area in whatever direction you end up going. So Uh, where would you like to go,
0: Michael? uh, Well, I usually go lucky left, but I don't know which, because there's four entrances. So let's go bottom, sort of right. I'll assume that's left if I was facing that
1: way. So I'm using a square tool that lets you uncover things. But there's also a polygon reveal, so I think I'll use that. So it's a long hallway with a doorway on the side.
0: All right, so my screen has stopped. I saw this. And there we go.
1: A bunch of imps. Ah! Ah! And now I have okay. a... Yep. So it, you've got a lot of options for just revealing things gradually. On this page, I'm not using dynamic lighting. Um, but uh, you could easily combine this with dynamic lighting if you wanted to. Now, you notice this is an isometric map.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's not going to... um. Distances are going to get kind of funny on the diagonals, but it'll still work. It'll, this is the same as like a loose map, except it looks nicer. Yeah. So I just uncovered another area on the lower left where there's like an evil summoning circle.
0: Well, you know, evil, is evil subjective. It's a summoning yeah, circle. Exactly.
1: It's a summoning circle. I'm sure yeah. nothing's wrong.
0: Right. The summoning circle isn't evil. Whoever uses it could be
1: Yes. Evil. The 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 megaloths and mesoloths are probably not a problem.
0: So, They're just misunderstood.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So, uh, and then I can just reveal the whole map. So that you can get the gist of what's going on. So, and they could slowly work their way through this and then find everything.
0: Now, when you set this up, is there the default that you have the map? then you add like the darkness cover, and then there's another tool to reveal or do mm-hmm. you or or so any map could be done like this right okay, how so, easy is it to do that like is that like a lot of extra time or is it pretty quick?
1: so when you're setting up the map uh you first you size it to how you want in relation to the grid uh then you um will tell it, okay, enable Fog of War. Okay. And then it paints the whole thing over with black. Uh, You're the GM, so it's not opaque to you. Or actually, you can set how opaque opaque it is or isn't to you. Okay. Um, But to the players, it'll be opaque. Uh, And then you can, if, if a certain area of the map should start out uncovered, you can just go ahead and select that area, just like the starting area that you landed in there. So that's the other reason I like having my workshop campaign. Like, now that I've uncovered this map, it would kind of be a pain to recover it again. You're right. then I could go grab another copy. So then as my final example, I'm gonna pull it all together by taking you to the hatchery from Horde of the Dragon Queen. And you still probably won't be able to see anything. No, it looks which- like- Yep. Bishop, oh, here's Bishop. Put him in the entryway, and because I'm a jerk, I'm taking his dark vision away.
0: Uh, all right, I'm going crazy with this size thing here. I'm probably yeah. This
1: is an even bigger map. Uh, You're on the middle left of the map. Yeah. Actually, I can make you go there.
0: I've there you go. Kind of found myself. Okay.
1: Yep. As a DM, I can like pull people's attention to a particular point. Okay. So. Here's your map. And it's, let's see. I've, I believe this
0: is a dynamic lighting map.
1: Am I wrong? Do you see the light like fading as it goes into the cave? Uh,
0: there's like a hard stop on the left. There's like a red line. So I don't know if there's a wall there that I just can't see because I can't see all of it. And hmm. then it looks, so it looks pretty even. I don't, I don't think it's di- dynamic. I don't
1: see any lighting. I thought it was using it. It's enabled. Huh. All right. Well, let me let me reveal another area of the cave. Sure. Put you deeper in there, and then we'll see if uh,
0: if that works. Yeah, no problem. If
1: it works, because it should be running.
0: And it looks like we've had a couple more people jump jump in. So once again, uh, if you have any questions, uh, please let me know. I'll I'll try to parse them out to Jen when we have a moment. Uh, but yeah. All right. So.
1: So are you getting any um like
0: Okay, are yeah. Wall, uh, are the
1: walls opaque to you, for example?
0: Uh when you moved my like der- orientation, the the light moved. Yeah, so now like Yeah. Yeah, so now so, I have right. dynamic lighting.
1: Okay. So like the uh. cultist hiding behind the pillar, you can only see it from certain angles, for example. Uh
0: now, so what would is happen? It- ah, I just disappeared.
1: Is it is it getting dark down there?
0: Uh, well, I apparently I moved myself somewhere like in a cove, and then like the whole screen went dark. So let's say we had four characters down here. Right. Would I still only see what I see, or would I see Each what everyone sees?
1: Each of them sees? sees their own thing.
0: Oh.
1: So um. You've got this lantern now. Is this is this dark back here? Or is it? Does it depend where the lantern is?
0: I think it depends where the lantern is. Someone in chat said that I think I have two vision points, which might be hmm. part of the confusion. I don't really even know what that means.
1: That I, I it means that you might have more than one character assigned to you. Yeah. But I don't think you do. Let me let me. Um, hmm. Yeah,
0: I can see the like the solid dark where I can't see, and then the darker areas and the the brighter light where the lantern is. So I can see that sort of, uh, someone said maybe the orc. I might still have access to that.
1: Yeah, but there aren't any orcs here.
0: As far as you know. I'm going to,
1: yeah, Uh, I'm going to actually, uh, turn myself into a player for a minute.
0: Okay. Make the transition. And
1: it's going to reload my screen and it might reload yours too. We will see. And then that way I'll be able to see. Just like you're seeing. It's so dark. Dark, dark. dark, dark, dark. Oh, no, I can't see anything at all. I'm trying. Oh, wait, there it is. Ah, okay. Ah, she's got dark vision. That's, that's no fun. So, do you see the light fading out as it goes further and further away into these mushrooms?
0: Um, well, it's weird. Like there, there's a really bright band of light and mm-hmm. th- just to either side of it, it's a little bit darker, but it's, it's right next to me. So it's not like it fades out in the darkness. It just fades out right outside my direct line of sight. Right. And then if there's so, like, if there's like a pillar, it's solid black on the other side of it. Cause I can't see right.
1: it through it. Because you can't see past it. Because it should be getting darker if your lantern is further away.
0: Yeah, well, I am seeing it now.
1: Because I moved the lantern back out to the entrance? Yeah. So it's getting darker and darker where you are?
0: Right. So there's, like, actually getting solid black and then dark, solid black, kind of dark. So, yeah. So it's like uh, the darkness is creeping up on me.
1: So, yeah. Basically, the thing about dynamic lighting... Is that not only can you have that kind of effect for like ambiance and so what people see is what they actually see. Like there's a secret room down here, but you only see it once you come around this corner. There's a tunnel down
0: here. So it looks like there's two lanterns. So I don't know if maybe that was what the problem was.
1: Yeah, maybe it's just too bright back here. Okay. Uh but that's that's an example of what it can do. If you do have dark vision. You can see a lot further. Um, I've got it. Anybody with dark vision can see, you know, whatever it is, 60 feet as if it's bright light. Mm -hmm. And then it's dim light past that. Uh, Just so they can see where the edge of their vision is.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: So that's the basic idea. And you can explore your, and let me go back to being a GM so I can uncover this. And then you can explore as much of this as you want to. And I'll set it so that you can control the lantern and drag it along with you. Yay. (laughs) The other thing I could do is I could actually make you a light source as if you're carrying a lantern.
0: That would be cool.
1: So let me go ahead and do that. I'm going to open your token. I'm going to say let's say it's a fairly dim lantern fifteen thirty and I'm gonna say all players see light. and then I'm gonna take the other lantern away. So there's your lantern. How's that look?
0: Okay, yeah, I, I just went down so there's a little bit of a delay it looks like, which I mean yeah it internet. updates.
1: It updates only when you drop your token.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Um,
1: you have an option to make that smoother for people by not using update on drop. But then I've heard stories about certain players who maybe just pick up their token and go cruising through the whole dungeon without dropping it. And uh, then no one knows that they did it. So.
2: Damn, darn yeah. cheaters.
1: That's part of why I use the combination of Fog of War and the uh, and the dynamic lighting. Gotcha. Okay.
0: So, yeah, I, I've kind of figured out at least this seems to be a little bit easier for me to understand what's happening. As I walk into rooms, the entire room is illuminated when I'm walking through hallways. Right. I lose sight of the rooms and just have mm-hmm. the hallway. So.
1: Yep. And meanwhile, if I were still that other character, I wouldn't be able to see where you are at all.
0: Now, one thing we haven't touched on yet, and I, I don't know how much more you had left to go, was sounds. So, like, ah, we could play yes. a little...
1: Well, this is this is basically everything I was planning to show you guys for visuals. So, here we are in the spooky cave. So, let's, let's get a little ambiance for the cave. There we go. Can, can you hear my cave ambiance?
0: I can. I don't know if the audience will be able to...
1: Yeah, I don't know
0: about that I, So if, if if anyone's watching, let us know if you can now hear that It sounds like we're in a cave with chittering bats, I think, and water dripping Yep Nope, yep, they can Yay, okay. technology And now, then,
1: then if this isn't ominous enough for you, let's lay in some, like, music How about that?
0: Okay, do you know what my next question's going to be? Yes what? Sound effects? No, 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 before no, that no? Okay. Where do we get the music from? Do we have to uh, buy it? or So,
1: so because I'm um, a pro member, I've got, uh, there's a library of sounds that you can use. And there's tabletop audio, battle bards, Incompetech, and you've got a lot of options there. Now, I believe you can also add your own sound, but I'm not sure how because I've never done that before. (laughs) I'm
0: sorry. It's
1: all right. So then I've got that overlaid. Okay. And let's say you uh, suddenly shoot your crossbow at something. I can do that too. Okay.
0: Right. So high level here. Would you be able to do something so that only certain characters hear things?
1: Uh, I think it's all or nothing.
0: Okay. Because that would be really cool if you had like one character going, I hear something and no one else actually hears it. That would be cool. That would be cool.
1: But it, it doesn't, I don't see a way to do that. Okay. You can individually control the volume on your tracks. Like if this cave is just too loud, I can turn it way down.
0: Okay. Oh, there's a couple of drakes. Hey guys, just passing through. Nothing to worry about here. Yeah. Bye
1: yeah welcome to horde of the dragon queen <laughs>
0: nice so a couple of people are mentioning battle bards uh yes battle Bars is awesome they've been a sponsor of ours several times in the past and uh yes it's, it's awesome to see that they are integrated with this i do love them so oh yeah spoiler someone said so if, uh don't, don't Oh, don't. this is
1: a spoiler let's go to the other page
0: yeah don't look if you don't know sorry no
1: looking <laughs> No not looking. i'm sorry <laughs> there's no statute of limitations this was uh, three years ago but yeah that's right it's yep. gonna be fresh to somebody <laughs> so yeah i mean okay. that those so basically hopefully you can see how you can get like this whole spectrum of how you can have theater of the mind theater of the mind with like a visual to uh, like a scene and then depending on the angle of the scene or just how you use it you could use it as just like a stylish backdrop for just showing who's engaged with who, or you could just line them up. So you know how many there are Right. on up to actually using the backdrop, like an isometric map, or you can actually get an isometric map or, or on up to just like a standard top-down grid. Um, The other thing, which I didn't even get into here because I don't use it often is um, you can get pieces to use on a map like you could have a grassy field and then put down trees on it or you can have a like a cave tile set that lets you build your own cave map and then you could put like a chest graphic down or bedroll okay or so you can really build your maps up from scratch if you want um i find that that gets a little a little unwieldy in the interface uh, but you've always got options. Like, like for example, in that orc camp map that I did. Mm-hmm. Like I had that forest layer, but then I added their tents and the campfire. Okay. And I just, I just added those in roll twenty. I just, just said uh, tent. Okay. Where are my tent? Right, and then I can add that tent, and then. Uh, you know, resize it to be however I want.
0: So what this always seems to come back to me on is how much time does it take? It it seems like, I know there's a learning curve. So if I, if I tried to do it today, it would be a disaster, but you probably could go through it much quicker, but so you do this a lot. So clearly you find Mm -hmm. value in it. Like you, you think this adds to the game. Yeah. Do you do you think you prep any more than you would otherwise, or is it just different because you're doing it through the system versus, like, I use note cards. And I such?
1: honestly think it's just different. Um, it's it's, and of course you can prep as much or as little as you need to. Um, I like the spontaneity. See, what I really like in terms of saving time, the biggest time savings is not on the prep front; it's during the game, because you don't have players going and what do i add to that let me do my math now uh <laughs> plus uh seven. Oh, and i also have to add this other thing did i remember none of that is happening because right. they take it, and there's the answer right right
0: because that does so, happen a lot it's like oh wait i forgot to add my plus two mm-hmm, so i would have mm-hmm. hit last turn yeah. too bad
1: i mean people still forget stuff but but in an in, and you can even like back scroll to be like, wait, what level did you cast that at? Or
0: mm-hmm.
1: that, That's handy, too. Uh, but as a DM, it's a lifesaver because um, even if you were using average damage, as Mike Shea recommends, um, let's say you were doing that to save time, you'd still be rolling their attacks. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and running the monsters off of these electronic sheets is so fast. It makes a huge difference in the efficiency of the game, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Uh, And you can, of course, still give your evocative descriptions of how the attacks go and, you know, all that. And I think it actually frees up brain space for my players to, um, you know, do more to describe what they're doing in a cool way because they're not busy, like, calculating. And I don't have to, like, flip through the monster manual to check that AC again. Mm -hmm. So in that sense... I find it super handy or they say they're casting a spell or how does this work? And then I can just go look in the compendium and be looking at the same spell instead of flipping to the page in the player's handbook. I can say bless. Okay. Where's bless? Here it is. And I can just look at it, uh, attack roll or a saving throw. Okay. There's the answer. So it's, it's really handy to me in that regard
0: as well. So now when you use this for your home games, are you guys in the same room and there's like a TV on the wall that everyone's looking Um, at? I
1: have run it that way before. Um, It's if you're showing them your GM view, they're going to see you like rolling monsters and stuff. Yeah. Uh, But there's other ways to run that too. Um, Usually when I run at home, I'm on my computer. My husband's over there on his computer. My brother is over on his computer. And then my other two players are in other parts of the country.
0: Gotcha. Okay.
1: So, But even if I were running a game just for the guys in my house, I would run it on here Okay. just
0: because it's easier for me. And again, I can see once you've mastered it and once you have right. everything loaded, right? I, I just, again, and th- maybe it's just me that I'm like, you know, a technophobe that I would be like, oh, it's going to take so long to get there. But, you know, it's like climbing a mountain. You climb to the top and then you get the view, right. but it takes effort to get there. Uh, yep. we've had a few more people jump on as well. So once Great. again, I'll throw it up. I think we're kind of near the end. So does anybody yep. have any questions for Jen or for myself or anything else that you would like to see her cover? Uh, there's a little bit of delay, so I'll let that catch up. So while we're waiting, Jen, where can people find more of your work on the internet?
1: So I've been drawing, uh, grinning, toothy, cartoony, extremely bright colored monsters.
0: Yeah, can you throw up on, an example?
1: On Yes, I can. I will go get one now.
0: Uh, Dirty Heaven says that he has one computer running two instances, uh, one for GM and one for player, so they can... I guess everyone can see the player, but he can still...
1: Perfect. Yep. Let's see. How about my Basilisk? I'll throw him in here. He's my buddy. (laughs) My dumpy, derpy, happy Basilisk.
0: So I mean you've been doing these for quite a while. Anybody who goes uh, to your Twitter, which is at Pixelscapes, you have links and examples and you do videos. where oh, you yeah. Draw them and people can watch and that kind of thing. And now do you also sell these for people in Roll20? Like if I wanted to use your um, monsters, could I?
1: I don't have packs in Roll20 yet, um, but I am planning to start that. Originally, I was distributing tokens through my Patreon, um, but I actually shut my Patreon down.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: in for some reasons that came up recently
0: right for reasons um, yeah.
1: reasons yeah uh but it's actually a good move for me because it frees me up i can do more commissions and probably make more money that way all right so once so, again
0: where where can people find your work then
1: so um my website is pixelscapes.com and uh i'm most active in the rpg community on twitter at pixelscapes Um, I also have a Facebook page. I put my painting videos on YouTube. You can find all that through my website. Okay. So, uh, definitely do stop by and say
0: hello. All right. Fantastic. Thank you so much for doing this. I really, really appreciate it. We've had quite a few people jump on and been chatting back and forth with each other. So I, this is a very visual episode. I probably will go back and add a little tag at the beginning, Uh, Because this will get released as an audio only, but I don't know how much value that will have. Yeah, Uh, I don't know about that. Yeah, but this will be on our Twitch channel for like four days, but it'll be on YouTube forever. So I'll go make the YouTube version public here in a little bit. Um, So hopefully anyone else who's out there who's interested might stumble upon our video and it will help them get things going. Um, So as for myself, again, Michael at the RPG Academy. You can find me pretty much anywhere you put in the RPG Academy and something comes up, it's probably me. Uh, I also will be at a bunch of conventions. Uh, CincyCon, SinCityCon, Lexicon, GenCon, and Origins are all in the future, plus our our uh, faculty retreat, which is, you know, on the DL. Not everybody gets to go to that. Uh, and unfortunately, we cannot yet make any official announcements about a Catacon. We're We're close to being able to make some announcements, but we're not there yet.
1: You you can say it's a con, and it's amazing, and I love it. Yes. How about that?
0: Yep, there you go. That fantastic. Yeah. So if you haven't heard of a con, ca- and you should be there this year, right? So if you want to come meet Jen yes. in person, uh, come yes. to a catacon.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: All right, so a couple people mentioned that they love your monsters, so that's awesome. So uh,
1: Thank you. Uh,
0: one more time around the horn. Anybody have any questions for Jen or myself? Uh, so we'll just wait a, a minute or so to catch up on that. Sure. and of
1: course if any of you think of anything later just drop me a line on Twitter and I will let you know yep. I will say oh, sure. some other little tricks that I use for roll 20s yeah. you know how I can pop up images here
0: mm-hmm.
1: So um, I try I like to upload my my tokens extra large so that when I pop them up to view, that you can, um, you know, see them at a nice size. Gotcha. Uh, and that's the same reason I make my my monsters that size, just because I like being able to show them to people. Like when it's that monster's turn, you get a good view of ah. it. Uh,
0: so Dirty Heaven Arrow asked, and I actually did miss it earlier, uh, uh, ha- have you ever used Fantasy Grounds? And if so, how would you compare the two?
1: Uh, I have not used Fantasy Grounds. Um, I, I, it's, tough for me to do a comparison i mean i've read some comparison articles um it sounds like fantasy grounds has had some strong points in terms of it having more mechanics built in for some things okay but then again i'm not sure like as i understand it fantasy grounds lets you say you know monster a attacks player b and then automatically applies the damage instead of having to subtract it Mm-hmm. Like things like that, or the player can attack a particular monster, so there's a little more even more automation there um, but i I'm not sure I would actually use that because what if there's something else going on? what if there's an evil altar in the room that is changing the scenario what if what if uh there's a condition or terrain issue like like I want to have a little more control than that personally right. um I'm sure it's optional in fantasy grounds, but But, yeah, I mean, for me at least, I haven't seen any reason to jump ship.
0: So this has probably been a couple years ago. Um, I got a chance to play a one-shot in Fantasy Grounds when they first got the D&D partnership. And they put the uh, uh, Fandelver starter adventure. Uh, And I got to play it with uh, Shane from Mundangerous and Total Party Thrill. So Mm -hmm. there's an episode of our show. I think it's like back when I mean somewhere in the 40s. Um, where we basically talked about Fantasy Grounds from our experience from the player side. Okay. Um, So if anybody would be interested, we did a little bit of comparing and contrasting to Roll20 because that was around the time that I was starting to play around with it. Okay. And I do think it kind of came down to Fantasy Grounds was better, but it wasn't better enough to pay for it when Roll20 was free. So I lean towards staying with Roll20 because of the cost option. But I know a lot of people love fantasy grounds. Like they're hardcore diehards. So clearly it's doing something right. It just, again, I don't even use roll 20. So why would I pay for something I'm not going to use? Right.
1: It also, it also got a lot of the official material first.
0: Yes, it did. Yeah. They got Um, the early licenses and agreements.
1: Yep. I mean, personally, if I were going to pay more, I would pay it to buy things like the monster manual, Volo's guide, the player's handbook. Um, As opposed to, it basically depends where you want to put your money and and how they compare for you.
0: Right. And again, as our kind of our motto is, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. So if you like Roll20, great. If you like Fantasy Grounds, great. If you like just using Google Hangouts, great. As long as you're playing, that's all that matters.
1: I've heard of people running games using Photoshop as their virtual tabletop. Oh. Where they just move things around and then they're using Google Hangouts for their video and voice. And so the players can't control anything, but the DM is still showing them visuals like scenes and maps and yeah. handouts. And you know, there's there's lots of ways to do it.
0: Yeah, I mean even we, we're using Zoom right now, which is basically Google Hangouts Plus, and we have share screen options. So I mean I don't think the functionality would be as as seamless but I could easily throw in pictures and you could see them and anybody who else was on the chat. Uh, So yeah, so you don't need anything. You just need to be able to see and hear people. And even then that's optional. Uh, There's ways around that as well. So uh, I think that's going to wrap everything up. Any last words from you, Jen? Uh,
1: Just thanks everybody for watching. Um, I'll answer any questions you can. And uh, if you would check out my art on my website, Twitter, YouTube, anything i would super appreciate it
0: and i'll Uh, throw links in the show notes um to all that stuff right if you want to send me an email with all of them i'll just cut copy and paste because i'm lazy
1: absolutely (laughs) and i also want to say you know i i've always loved rpg academy and it's a real honor to be here
0: you are one of our patrons
1: you guys guys are my first podcast
0: (laughs) you never forget your first Ex yes uh, and we appreciate what you do for us and again i'm really looking forward to meeting you or seeing you not meeting you at the faculty meeting or faculty retreat oh yes uh, in march late march
1: at at on undisclosed date at undisclosed location, location
0: exactly yes. uh, and then again at a, are you going to be at Gen Con or origins or any of those other cons i can't i
1: can't uh, take i probably can't take that much leave but uh, you know if i can only go to one con it's yours
0: yes Me too. If I could only go to one, it would be mine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Well, enough shilling. Thank you again. Thanks for everybody who's watching. We're going to sign off. Uh, We got to do our awkward wave out while I try to find that right button. Bye. Uh, There's the button. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy Network.